tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Thank you for listening to Kim Commando today. This is a replay for July 29th, 2023. All right, let's kick things off with a trip down memory lane. Now, do you remember when video games like Doom or Battlefield 1942, they used to have those Red Cross health packs that made us feel like superhuman and poof, okay? Well, no longer do we have those. Why do you ask? It turns out that the Red Cross has claimed copyright dibs on that Red Cross symbol. So no more health packs for us inside the video games. I mean, who knew that saving our virtual lives would ever get so complicated? But that's right. Some works of art, they do have a perpetual copyright. But there is one exception. Well, actually, there's two exceptions. Music by Prince or Queen will never be royalty free. Oh, I know. That was a great one, right? Hey, brace yourself. We're about ready to get more tech-tastic. And because every thingamajig is now a tech thingamajig, right? I'm Kim Commando, of course, America's beloved digital goddess here with you once again. And if you're new to the Kim Commando show, welcome aboard our tech train. And our, and if you're just a, one of our lovely regulars, welcome back. Now, you can catch my award-winning show on over 420 top stations across the United States or stream it in your favorite radio app. Just search for my last name, Commando. Yeah, that's with a K. And if you want a commercial-free experience, Head over to commando.com and hit that shiny yellow button that says the Commando Community. And remember, you can always get your daily tech smarts with Kim Commando today. That's our podcast that runs Monday through Friday, and you'll find that wherever you find your podcasts. And our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And let me tell you, if you need immediate tech support, I want you to reach out to my team of experts over at getkimshelp.com. Once again, that's getkimshelp.com. Help.com. Every single day, I go to at least 30 different websites to make sure that we're both up to date on all things digital. And here are five things you need to know right now, starting with if you use OpenAI's ChatGPT, you may have noticed over the past few weeks that, I don't know, it just seems to be a bit off. Well, some folks are describing it as maybe the ChatGPT is getting lazy or maybe saying it got dumb. Well, here's what's going on behind the scenes. Deep inside the software that powers ChatGPT, engineers have made some major changes. Now, their intent was to make ChatGPT more accurate, and they did that, but it actually came at a price. It became so much slower. So then the software engineer said, hey, we got to speed things up. So they sped it up, and then they found that the whole system was accurate than it has been in the past. So what good is all that? Well, website editors say that they're being deluged by writers whose work is actually written by ChatGPT. And they say that the, the quality, in many cases, is just junk. It's not acceptable for publishing. So here's the bottom line. If you're using ChatGPT to... Let's just say augment your work as things stand right now. You're probably not fooling anyone. And yes, I invented a new word for this. You know what it's called? Plagiarism. All right, moving on to number two. The lawsuits are beginning. 
And if you use ChatGPT, consider for a moment that everything it knows was conceived and written by what? Real live human beings. And just like I predicted, I always like to say when I'm right, some of those humans are going to get really upset when they find out that their hard work has been harvested and used for free by ChatGPT. People like comedian Sarah Silverman. So Sarah and a couple of the writers, they filed what they hope will turn into a huge class action lawsuit. She claims that Mark Zuckerberg's meta and ChatGPT basically stole copyrighted material from all of her books. And that's really it. Every single thing that ChatGPT knows was collected from material written by millions of humans. So this is just going to be the first lawsuit of many. And by the way, if you use someone's copyrighted material that was supplied by ChatGPT, yeah, you might be involved in a lawsuit too someday. So don't do that. Moving on to number three, yes, Threads. More than 120 million folks have now signed up for the so-called Twitter destroyer, Threads. And here's what they're saying. Now, to be clear, it's still far too early to predict whether Threads is really going to be the Twitter destroyer that Mark Zuckerberg has been hyping. But the initial reviews, well, they're kind of mixed at best. I mean, I signed up for Threads. I don't really see what the whole point of it is. It's like yet one more social media channel that I need to maintain and monitor. And it's just it's a lot of work. But anyway, longtime Twitter users are saying, oh, you know, it's buggy. There aren't some basic features. Other folks predict that a lot of people like me are probably going to sample threads and then just go back to Twitter. It's far too early for that to say it's going to happen for reals. But here's the thing. Building the software for threads was an obvious rush job. It doesn't have the smoothness, the bells and the whistles of Twitter. But Mark Zuckerberg is determined to spend billions on threads. But now we know, you know, money doesn't guarantee success, especially when Zuck is involved, because after all, he spent billions on what, that metaverse? Yeah. So threads versus Twitter, it's going to be a long, long game. All right, moving on to number four. Before you buy that next plane ticket, I want you to be really careful and I want you to watch out for this scam. Now, if you're not signed up for my free daily newsletter, you probably don't know about this new scam that has been ripping off just thousands and thousands of travelers. It's called the so-called travel agent scam, or maybe it's a travel website. But essence, you're buying fake airline tickets. So when you're out there searching online for the best airfare, hundreds of sites are now offering low rates and it can be overwhelming. So you end up emailing or chatting with someone who says, hey, I'm going to give you this great ticket. You just have to give me your name, uh, your phone number and your credit card. And then you get a reservation. Ah, but here's the key, folks. A reservation is not a confirmed ticket. In reality, no ticket has even been purchased. So the only way to be absolutely safe is to book your ticket directly at the airline's website and never pay until you see an actual confirmation or e-ticket number. And by the way, that newsletter, yeah, you need to get my free newsletter every single day. And I want you to sign up right now over at getkim.com. You're going to join over 400,000 folks who get tech smarts every single morning. Okay, And let me tell you, this news is curated by me, not big tech. And once again, you can sign up for free right now over at getkim.com. And finally, this coming in at number five, floppy disks. That's right. Remember those? Uh, for most millennials and all, probably the Gen Zers, something known as a floppy disk is just a total mystery. Now, 
believe it or not, they're still around. And what's even more shocking is that they're being used. Now, let's go back in time. The original floppy disk was a large eight inches square. And wow, it held only 80 kilobytes of memory. Nothing. Next came the five and a quarter inch disk holding, whoa, yes, but big time, 360 kilobytes. Then the three and a half disk appeared holding 1.44 megabytes. That was a big jump. Only one company in the world still sells them, and they say they're going to run out of inventory in just a few years. So, all right, who's still using floppy disks? (laughs) This is really surprising. They program many of our commercial airliners, older Boeing 737s, 747s, 767s, and the A320 Airbuses. Okay, wait, there's more. There's BART, that's the San Francisco subway system. Chuck E. Cheese, ever been in there? The animatronics, all done on floppy disk. And until a couple of years ago, five-inch floppies were still being used to program targets into America's ICBM nuclear weapons. Oh, yeah, sleep well on that one. But yeah, I have to tell you something. I showed my 12-year-old nephew an old floppy disk, and he looked at me and he says, wow, Kim, this is so cool. You 3D printed the save icon. Like, mm, no, not exactly. All right. I have so many things that I'm so excited to share with you. Like, for example, we're going to go through some quick tips on you send that email and then you're like, oh, gosh, can I take it back? Well, you can if you knew the steps and if you do it really quickly, it's so going to be passing that along. And of course, it's summertime. You got all these photos and you're like, mm, what's the best programs to edit them with? That's not Photoshop. We have that and they're absolutely free. Uh, I have a really super tip that I'm going to pass along. It's a hack that you can see who is actually selling your email address. Yeah. So this way you can get rid of that app or account. And then later on, because it is summer and we're outside, and boy, it's just hot. Whew, I know. Everybody's like, so hot. I'm, I'm in Phoenix, and it's so hot in Phoenix. I'm like, it's not really hot in Phoenix. This is what we call summer. Yes, this is summer in the desert. It's going to be over 100 degrees every single day. Rochelle in West Monroe, Louisiana. Hello there, Rochelle. We have hacking problems to my computer, two or three cell phones, and it's not pretty. <laughs> well, tell me what's been going on. Oh, when did it start, Tanya? It started right down here. It started about, I guess, about bad about six months ago. And turns out that was my granddaughter, believe it or not. So we got past that. So, and wait, so your, got, gran- your granddaughter was hacking you guys? Yes. Yeah. We we think, or someone hacked her Facebook, and it ha- happened to us. I don't know, but um, anyway, I was listening to your show the other day, and I've listened to it several times. My husband's been listening to it for a while, and he really likes it. And I've looked on your site several times, but um, she she said she didn't do it, but then we got past that. Tamara, who is staying with us, my son's fiance, she's staying with us, and she has had some IT experience from helping her husband, who's an IT specialist. And she cleared the phone, and it worked for a while, and then someone's evidently cloned it since. But I'm getting text messages from WhatsApp that someone's established an account, and Tamara had said that, what was it? 
uh, I think maybe they're going in uh, through the to the net, getting into the network through uh, maybe the VPN by using the VPN by proxy. Mm-hmm. And um, because uh, and I think it's uh, international uh, as well as local. And uh, I know they're using GitHub and Microsoft. And uh, so uh, it's it's really involved in everything, and uh, it's it's not going away. And so, so aside from the the text messages and what's going on with the cameras, any other signs? The phone, the computer is flashing light to dark. The phones are flashing light to dark. They're worse, like when I'm in Proton Mail, and when I'm on. Telegram? Oh, wow. Uh, They evidently went to the dark web on my Brave browser Mm -hmm. because it shows it it says Tor on it. And then the line, whatever that icon is for the Brave browser, turns black. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, Here's here's what you here's what you need to do. And it's in is that you have to pretty much make a list of every every device that you have. Okay. Okay. And do a whole factory reset on every single device that you have. We've done that. That's okay. the problem with that. Because okay. when we do that, you're not able to, to even link back onto the network. Okay. Well that's reset. okay. Well let let me let me finish what I have to say first, okay? Sorry. Okay. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna every device that you have we're going to reset it back, okay? But we also need to look at the network itself. Uh, when I say every device, I'm saying up, up to and including the router. And so it sounds to me is that if some, somebody has access to the router that is then opening up all these doors of anything else that, can, is, that connects to that router and to connects to that network, so if we look at the router itself, uh, you know, make sure that you reset that back to factory defaults. Uh, you give it a nice, good, hard password. Uh, if you are so inclined, you can make a wireless network so everybody in the family can use it. And But you don't put the name of the wireless network out there. You have to actually write in the name. So if somebody's coming by, they just don't have access to it. That will also limit the number of people who have access uh, in the family who come over, instead of, then, instead of them just saying, hey, what's the Wi-Fi password? They don't even see that there is a Wi-Fi network. Okay. Now, if somebody has created uh, a different network account, that's where you have to call the provider and say, hey, listen, I think there's another, uh, I think there's another account here. And, and then after you do the factory reset, uh, make sure that you do all the updates and you scan your devices uh, you can also get onto your router itself and look at all the different MAC addresses that that, that router thinks that it should be talking to at your house and count up all the devices and see if there's one or two that's not missing. Or see that see, or, pardon me, see one or two that you're like, I don't know where that is. So that's where you have to go find it. But I think what we what your first step would be is to actually get in there and let's shut down all the internet. And let's shut down all those devices. And then we're going to bring them up one by one, one by one. We're going to change all the passwords, the two-factor authentications, change everything that we can. 
but you're going to start at the router instead of just an app or still at a device. Now, if this still persists, you know, you might need to hire a professional cybersecurity person to come over and actually clean up and secure all the devices. Now, you can report this to the IC3. And again, that's the Internet Crime Complaint Center. It's a partnership between the FBI and what's called the National White Collar Crime Center. Uh, you can file a complaint. They do look at every complaint that's sent to them. The address is ic3.gov. Once again, that's ic3.gov, ic3.gov. And if you need any help afterwards, just give me a ring back. Boy, what a nightmare that would be. Jeez, trying to figure all that out, and then you got to reset everything. <sighs> I don't envy them at all. All right, this is a common problem. You've composed an email then you hit send. And the moment you hit send, that's when you go, oh, I want to take it back. I want to take it back. How can I do that? All right. Here's the secret to unsending an email. Now, the spoiler is, is that you have to act really, really quickly. You can't dawdle around. So let's talk first of use Gmail. On Gmail, it's called undo send. Makes sense. The next time you send an email in Gmail, I want you to look for the undo link in the bottom left corner of the screen. Just find it now before you need it. Now, the default is five seconds. Not a lot of time, right? Well, you can adjust this up to 30 seconds using Gmail. It's all under general settings. And so when you undo send an email, you'll find that email, by the way, in your draft folder. Now, what if you're using Microsoft Outlook? Mm, Okay. You can unsend an email too, but in true Microsoft fashion, it's just never easy. It's always complicated. So if you use Outlook on the web, you can, but the desktop version won't let you. Okay, you have 30 seconds to get that email back. Otherwise, you have to send a nice follow-up message that points out all of your mistakes and like, oh, I didn't mean to send that, I swear. Okay, what if you're on a Mac? Well, in the mail app, you want to click undo send. It's at the bottom of the sidebar and you have 10 seconds. That's it, 10 seconds of sending an email or what you can do instead of trying to find that undo send at the bottom of the sidebar, up on the menu, just hit edit and then also undo. Now, if you need these steps, we have them all written out for you over at commando.com. Just search for, I don't know, how to unsend an email and these steps are just going to pop right up on the screen. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. Now, you know that Photoshop is the king of photo editing software, but it's super expensive to own, uh, 240 bucks outright. And then, of course, you can pay a monthly subscription fee. But yes, I know you're cheap like me, and there are free alternatives that work just as good, I swear. Now, first up, there's Canva. I love Canva. Now, it's not just a photo editor. It's this whole graphic design platform. It has tons of templates where you can create just about anything. I'm talking about presentations, maybe your graphics for your social media accounts, whether it's on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, or whatever it is. Uh, You can make your own greeting cards. And it's all drag and drop pretty much, and it's free. But, you know, you're going to want the extra goodies, so you might have to pay a few bucks a month. Uh, Next up is Sumo Paint 2.0. 
It's a free photo editor. And like Photoshop, it's loaded with powerful tools. They have over 300 different brush textures for painting. And they also have a a wide range of Instagram filters. Not that you need them because Instagram has its own set of filters. Now, there are ads here unless you pay the subscription. Now, last but not least is GIMP. Now, this is a professional-grade photo editor. It looks and works a lot like Photoshop. It has almost every single tool that you need, but it's totally free to download. Now, the only downsides are that it's not designed for mobile, and it's really geared for, say, intermediate to advanced users. But the good news is that they just have tons and tons of tutorials on YouTube. So, again, you're going to want to look at Canva, Suma Paint 2, or GIMP. All right, coming up in just a few moments, I have a great tip about how you can see who's selling out your email address when you sign up for, say, a newsletter or an app or whatever it is. And then later on, ways to keep your phone cool during the summer. And let's go back to all of your great phone calls. Linda in Kansas City. I'm a very longtime listener. Um, I've been with you since Ian was in his sweet little voice would give the tagline for the show picks of the week. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know what? Isn't that you know what? You know, time goes by so fast, doesn't it? I know. It's just I know. You know, and I I look at him now and I'll tell you, I'm just he's such a great guy. I wish you could meet him. He's just he's just a gentleman. Uh, He graduated from USC on the dean's list. and. For him. He's headed off to law school uh, in a Great. couple of weeks. And yeah, yeah. and he's just, good. and I, you know what I love most is that he tells me I'm his best friend. I'm like, oh. Well, let's see. That's nice. It that's, is. That's nice. It's very sweet. Yeah. So what's yeah. going on yeah. other than me so, bragging okay. about my kid? <laughs> so I'm an Apple person and I've always been an Apple person, never owned a PC. Um, and, um, uh, a couple of, well, four, four years ago, my great-nephew was um, accepted to the Cronkite School. And um, my niece said, you know, what should I get him? And I said, I don't know, call Kim. So she did, and, and you helped her. Awesome. And you and one of her, you and one of your interns helped him find the right thing. Okay, so, um, so fast forward to, um, well, to last May, and, and he graduated. Um, I can brag a little bit too. He graduated Good. magna cum laude nice. um, from the Cronkite School, and he has a a job as a um, weekend anchor, weekend sports anchor in Bismarck, North Dakota. Oh, that's great. Good for him. <laughs> so, but when we were there, I saw all these autonomous cars driving around because we all went in for the graduation. Okay, and it was just weird to see these because I thought an autonomous car had to have a driver in it. And they were Jaguars, and they had no drivers. And I was just curious what they were doing, because actually on the news today, I heard there was a problem in Austin, Texas, with some autonomous cars that had some accidents or whatever. We never saw an accident. They always, you know, were where they belonged and were in the lane they belonged in and turned the way they should. Are are they mapping? I mean, what are they doing? Uh, Kind of freaky looking, aren't they? I mean, yes, very. <laughs> you see all these cameras and all these things spinning around and around like a top and all these different areas of it. Uh, well, here in Phoenix, they've got a pretty big presence. They can actually cover t- about 225 square miles. Okay. Uh, so that can go from downtown Phoenix to Scottsdale to Mesa. Uh, they allow up to four total riders in the car. You're right. There is not a person in the car. Um it probably costs less than $1 a minute in order for you to operate. They say 
the the average ride is five miles and it lasts about 14 minutes or something like that. Uh, and and those of us who live in Phoenix, we're, we are getting used to them. Initially, it was like, ooh, what is that white thing going down the street, right? Um, and some friends of mine have actually taken them to the airport, and it's always like this novel thing, like, you know, oh, my gosh, I'm going to the airport, and there's nobody in the front seat. Like, you know, what's okay, going so, on? So, that, so, there, so sometimes there are people in them now. Sometimes they might put what they call an assisted driver, because maybe they're testing okay. a new feature. But generally speaking, there's nobody in the front seat. Now, I will well, tell there you. there was nobody in, in any of the seats in the cars we saw. Well, I mean, there was nobody. Yeah, because they're going, probably going to go and pick somebody up. But I will tell okay. you, a couple of weeks ago, I was going to the airport myself, driving myself to the airport. Okay. And... I was going down 40th Street because it's kind of a side street instead of going down a main uh-huh. thoroughfare. And there was a house fire. So mm-hmm. there were fire trucks and, as you might imagine, uh, police cars and ambulances all taking up the street. So I did a detour. I went around. And I ended up probably two blocks less, two blocks south of where the fire was happening. Mm-hmm. And I was going to make another. I was now going to make it right back on 40th Street to go keep going down to the airport. And that's when... If I didn't have the green light, I would have taken a picture because stuck in the middle of the road was one of these cars, the autonomous cars. And the, all, there were probably four cops walking around it. Like, what are we going to do? Because the car, the Waymo car just had it just stopped because it saw all the head, all the red flashing lights and it did not know what to do. So it was stuck in the middle, right, wow. right of the street. Okay. So, you know, it's not 100% foolproof, but what they say is that over, they've done 1 million miles. Okay. And in the 1 million miles, they had two crashes that were bonafide car crashes. Both got hit in the back and nobody was hurt. That's true. Nobody would get hurt. So, Nobody's in the car. So, yes. Yeah, so, oh, no. But no, I mean, they had people in the car, but they did not get oh, hurt. Oh, okay. 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 But it's, it's, this is an interesting thing because there's also a new service that's launching in Las Vegas. Get this. You go on your car. You go on your phone, rather, because you want to rent a car because you want to go drive to Henderson and look at some property because you're thinking, like, I'm going to retire in Vegas one day. Okay. Okay. So you open up your phone. You go to this app, Harrow. And you say, okay, yeah, I'd like to rent a Hyundai. And so, and the Hyundai says it's going to be there in 45 minutes. So you go down to the MGM and you're standing there in front and you're like, the valet guy says, can I help you? You're like, no, I'm just waiting for my rental car to be here. Okay. A, a, A vacant electric car comes to you. Nobody's in it. Wow. Okay. And you... Hold your app up to the QR code on the car, and a car opens up, and then you get in, and then you get to drive it or not, whatever the case may be. Okay. Wow. So, is this just where life is headed? Would you get in one? Would I know? Why not? <laughs> well, well, I, if I could drive it, I, it just, well, in a strange city, I don't know if I would. If I were here in, in, in Kansas City and I knew where I was going, I knew where it was going, I probably would, sure. In a strange city, I wouldn't know if it was going where it was supposed to be going. Well, you can always look on the map so that you can do it. So here's the deal, Linda, is that um, I want you to try it someday in Kansas City. And then I want you to call me back and let me know exactly what you thought. Now, I I did go in one, and it was a little unnerving for me. 
because I like to be in control and I'm a car gal. Uh, but you know what? It was safe. And I'm still here to talk about it. Okay, here's a corny joke about self-driving cars. Already? I'm not, I'm, but you're going to want to pass this one along, I promise you. Okay. Uh, they finally figured out why the computerized self-driving car has crashed. Okay. They finally figured out why this car has crashed. Do you know why? They didn't install the driver. Oh, yeah, I know. That was a good one. All right, here's a great Gmail hack to see who is selling your data. Because spammers get a hold of our email addresses in a lot of ways. But the most common, oh, I can't stand this, a buying up contact lists from online apps and services that you use. But there is an insider secret to see who sold you out. It's an easy trick in Gmail to see who's siphoning off your information and selling it. So when you go to sign up for an app or any online service with your email, here's the trick that I want you to use. I want you to create a unique email address for every single thing that you sign up with. And here's the easy way how to do it. You're going to put a plus symbol and a unique identifier after your username and before the at symbol. So it's going to look like this. Your username plus say the app name or uh, the newsletter or whatever you're getting at gmail.com. Now, the reason why this works is pretty nifty because Gmail disregards anything after the plus symbol, but it will still deliver the mail to your inbox. So the whole idea is if you receive a spam email addressed to that sender, you can so easily see which app is the one that sold you out. Again, the format is your Gmail username plus the app name at gmail.com. And by the way, this is a good way for you to also say sign up for different services or different places where you shop online. So you can always keep it sorted in different folders. Again, it's Gmail username plus the app name or whatever you're signing up for at gmail.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. All right, Sue in Johnstown, Colorado. Well, my grandson, who's 10 years old, was just given um, his dad's old laptop for his birthday. And, of course, uh, my grandson wants to load games. And my son is concerned about the Internet. And um, in case games, he's looking at Minecraft. That's his current thing. But do you have to do a lot of games online? Can you do some games offline? Well, and- the thing about Minecraft is that it's a whole online community. It really is. Uh, the games have the game has settings to limit the interactions. You can have a white list of friends you can play with. You can disable the chat, but it's primarily meant to play online. Okay. Uh, and that's why, you know, that's why you're calling me and that's why you're going to talk to him about online safety and telling right. me about if some weirdo comes along that's not 10, you feel like he's probably 40 and he wants to meet you at the corner. That, that's something that we just don't do. Right. Uh, so what a lot of p- parents do is, of course, they're going to monitor their kids and they're going to download Minecraft from trusted sources like the App Store, Google Play Store. But they set up their own server. And so that this way, that server 
people on that, the only people that can play on that server are people that you approve. Okay. And uh, it's not very hard to do. But so maybe with your grandson, he can say, you know, these are five friends that I want to allow them to play on my server, or one of his friends may even have a server. But the whole idea is that instead of having a Minecraft game that interacts with millions and millions of people all around the world, and we're opening up that connection, even though we have all the barriers in place, and, you know, he's 10, which means he doesn't have the worldly experience that he might have when he's 25, right? That's why we need to protect him. Because that's why what a lot of parents do is they set up their own servers. And so the whole idea is that we're going to have that controlled environment for the kiddos. And we're not going to allow the miscreants of life in order to have access to any of them and what they're doing. And so uh, what I'd like to do is is I can send you some steps on how to set up a server. And I'm sure that your son wouldn't have, you know, difficulty doing that. It's not very hard to do at all, quite frankly. And then also how to limit some interactions with that whitelist, uh, disabling chats, and a little bit of parental controls. Then you might want to also talk to your grandson about now not downloading any add-ons for Minecraft and uh, just really being respectful. You know, one of the big problems with Minecraft, and especially 10-year-olds, is that these kids build these big, elaborate worlds. They really are. They're amazing. And then some little punk will come along and just blow it all up, and then the kid comes crying to you. Uh, how do I know that? That happened to my son, Ian. I felt so badly. The kid spent, oh, I don't know, weeks building a, a whole world inside Minecraft and then just got blown up by some some bad kid. But anyway, so you want to set up this server uh, hang on the line. We'll get your email address, and I'll send that out to you. And for everybody else, we'll post a link over at commando.com. And thanks for your call today, Sue. You know, I just want to mention there are also many Minecraft server hosting services out there. So this way you don't have to go through all the steps of setting up your own Minecraft server. Uh, they have names like Apex Hosting. It's probably one of the most popular Minecraft server hosting services out there. There's also Shockbyte. Um, but actually, there's MC Pro Hosting. They're known, as they say, the world's largest game server provider. So if you've got Minecraft, you've got kids, and if you want to create this super safe environment, you want to be sure to set up your own server. All right, it's summertime, and you want to keep your expensive smartphone nice and cool. Now, generally, smartphones work best when the temps are between 35 and 95 degrees. And since it's summer, if it gets excessively hot outside along with your phone, well, you can say hello to hardware damage and uh, say goodbye to a long battery life. So some quick tips. Number one, always avoid direct sunlight. This is a no-brainer, but heat from the sun can raise that temp of the phone by a lot. Okay, phone cases, they're great, but they trap heat. So removing your case allows better airflow and will help keep it cool. And number three, turn off Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, demanding apps, games with lots of graphics, video streaming, and other resource-intensive tasks can strain your phone's hardware and then cause it to overheat. Hey, do me a solid. Tell three friends about the Kim Commando Show because knowledge is power. You can find me 24-7 at the website. That's commando.com. This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited.